Welcome to the Disrupt Education Podcast. I'm Peter Hostrosser, the host. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Do me a favor, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. You'll get these as soon as they come out every Wednesday on a weekly basis, Disrupt Education. You can also go to disrupteducation.co. You can check that out. That'll tell you exactly where I'm at, what I'm doing, some blogs. You'll find this podcast there as well bunch of other things. And if you don't know, I am part of an amazing podcast network. It's called the Ed Up Experience Podcast Network. If you hit Ed Up Experience, E-D-U-P experience.com, you can check out my podcast and so many other innovative podcasts around education and what a time it is to be in education to be innovating and changing. On this podcast, I have Gabby Gina Jones, and she's the CEO and founder of Teens Tutor Teens, an unbelievably amazing young woman here. Uh, she was inducted to uh, inducted member for the Global Givings Leadership Council at the age of 17. Uh, she's an Ingram Scholar at Vanderbilt, um, and she is taking uh, her previous uh, a culmination of business and entrepreneurship to her franchises across the United States. She hopes to continue growing this organization and seek more opportunities for students and tutors in the organization. She does so much more. Um, an amazing young woman coming up right after this message from the Unlearning Coach. That's me, unlearningcoach.com. We'll be right back. Are you an individual or business wanting to create an online course or training program, but are overwhelmed with the e-learning process and don't even know where to start? If so, you don't want to miss this free masterclass called Create and Launch a Successful E-Learning Program Online Course or virtual training, where you will learn the biggest mistake most people make with e-learning, the number one reason most e-learning programs fail, and the three pillars to create extraordinary value for your learners every time, and much more. Get instant access to the free masterclass right now by clicking on the link in the description. All you have to do is sign in, and you will get instant access to this free masterclass right now. I recently asked Jake, who is a sophomore in high school, why he uses SpikeView to share his learning journey. Um, I think it's really cool that you know SpikeView is really putting that abstract into con concrete data and knowledge and then displaying that to the outside world. And I think SpikeView is different than anything else out there. Um, like I said before, because it's really taking that, you know, the, that those abstract skill sets and those abstract experiences and putting them into data that, you know, is actually mathematic and scientific and, um, you know, that matches you up with the best programs and, um, you know, best places for you. People, um, you know, who are really trying to make those changes in the world and they're going to be using SpikeView because SpikeView is that app where you can, you know, take, take those experiences and take those passions and put them out there. Um, and share with other people and that's you know that's really powerful and that you know that professional networking piece um, you know to be with other like-minded teenagers that puts you ahead that puts you ahead in a lot of ways and so um, you know I think anyone who's a spike view right now has a leg up in the future and excited to see you know where those spike view alumni head up head to spikeview.com start your portfolio now for free
The Disrupt Education vlog can be found on YouTube. To hear it in podcast form, search Disrupt Education on any of the following podcast platforms. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Radio Public, Pocket Cast, Spotify, or Stitcher. Welcome to the Disrupt Education Podcast. I'm Peter Hostrass, so the host, great guest, uh, Gabby Gina Jones is here with us today, uh, founder of Teens, uh, Tutor Teens, um, uh, student at Vanderbilt, uh, Ingram Scholar, there's so much more. Uh, hi, Gabby, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Mr. Peter? I'm doing wonderful. Thank you. It's so wonderful uh, to have you on the podcast. Um Let's, uh, can you give, that was a very brief intro of who you are. Can yeah. you give us a little bit more of a, of an intro of who you are and what you're doing these days? Yes. Um, so I'm the current CEO and founder of TC or Teens, and that's basically a 501c3. And we want to bridge the gap in education. We want to take kids and teens who have done excelling well in the academic field. And in that environment, we want to pair them with kids who want to do the same thing. And it's basically some type of mentorship thing. It's a tutoring thing. We're not just taking the teens. We're taking them and bringing them into entrepreneur space, business spaces. And I'm taking everything I learned in my educational pathway to do this, to do this type of work. It's philanthropy, but it's rewarding and it's efficient and it's effective. I can't, yeah, I can't wait to dive into that as a business educator. Yeah. I, I love the entrepreneurship and there's also scholarship work and, and all these different pieces here. Um, so let's start unpacking that. But before we go into that, let's let's talk a little bit about your own educational path. Like you've yeah. learned a lot of things uh, in elementary to, to you know high school and obviously now at Vanderbilt. Um, take us through that journey. Yeah, I was definitely um, primed to be that kid who took the number of APs needed to take to get to the next level. In my high school, I went to the, it's a long name, it's called the Gwinnett School of Mathematics, Science, and Technology. That's the number one school in Georgia. And it's number nine nationally in the United States for public schools. And with that and type of an environment, um, taking 14 APs, National AP Scholar, um, SAT score hitting 99th percentile, et cetera, et cetera. These types of things helped me build um, a strong educational foundation. I believe that I was, in a sense, qualified to take towards a space like Teens Theater Teens. Um, and Teens Theater Teens is one of my little pocket things that I evolved from, but that was because I did a lot of self-studying and business courses. I watched people like Dave Ramsey to Dr. Boyce Watkins of the Black Business School. Um, I was reading a lot of books on um, Robert J. Schiller with the Yale Financialization of Markets. I did that course on Coursera over the summer. Um, I just did a lot of prep work before I just jumped in and said, you know what, let's start this. Let's start this 501c3. And that's the thing I'm bringing into the organization now, things I've learned from my prime teen years into right now. That's amazing. That's that's. I feel stress. How, how did you make <laughs> it through all of this stuff? Uh, you know, that's yeah. a lot of AP. That's a lot of like you obviously have a love of learning and a, and a passion for just learning new things. Um, but how did you manage that? How did you manage through yeah. all those things? Uh, it definitely, one thing that helped me, and I think it's actually even the basis of Teens Here Teens, it's support. Um, my family supported me through every single academic avenue I needed to get towards. They were the parents who woke up at 6 a.m. to drop their kids to school for orchestra. They 
were the kid, they're the parents who tried to expense when it came to SAT prep. They were the parents who listened when I said I wanted to do this and try to help find and take the pieces and puzzle the network to help me kind of build an, an ensemble of this nonprofit. Um, like even my business mentor, my dad knew someone who could help me like after I got through the paperwork and I fixed it well for the articles of incorporation, the bylaws, the 1023EZ, you know, the 990N. After I was like writing and I did all the documentation, they were helping me able to review it. And I think that was the biggest piece that the reason why I'm here is because of support, not even just financial support, but just encouragement um, and et cetera. And they've done a harder share of their work. So I think that it's just easier to see them do well, at least, you know, in a place like America, it's definitely motivated me to do well in a space like this. And yeah, mentioning, you know, the United States. So you're, are you yeah. first gen in the United States? Yeah, and can, I am first yeah. gen. So yeah. can you unpack that a little bit? What's that like being that, uh, that student, you know, I've, <laughs> you know, I've family who emigrated from Canada years yeah. ago, but you know, generations ago, but yeah, unpack that a little bit. It's what is that like being very- a student? It's like you said, stressful sometimes. Uh, you know, your, your my parents both came from Cameroon, Africa. They went to Germany, learned Germany in a year, did medical school there, came to Boston, learned English in one year, did residency there. And then, you know, they tell me these stories and it's like, we can do it. You have to do it. <laughs> in, a sense. in a sense, it's like, you know, and they made it so much more easier for me. But then again, it's hard because there's a disconnect. Like there's things I had to learn myself. Like my parents never knew about the SAT or ACT when it came time for me to go to high school, right? And they didn't know how to do the college application process because it's so much more different in different countries. I had to do a lot of asking, going to counselors, watching YouTube videos. Um, and But like I said, they were just there supporting and trying to find it out in their own network and their community. And it's hard because, like I said, there is that disconnect, but it's easy because if... These are types of people, especially first gen, a lot of parents, they're not even on their single lifeline. This is like, this is the chance to do it. You know, they brought, they came a long way, you know, there's no time to be wasted in a sense. And so you have that type of P you have that type of case, that aggressiveness with everything you do, knowing that there's no family to like support you back. It's like, this is just you and you're supposed to support your family for the next generation, next generation. And so um, I think that is stressful. It's a little bit, it's a heavy weight, but if you treat it like, not like as a stress, but as an asset, this is what you can do with this. I think that's the difference that can propel people to, you know, moving quick in the society. That's a, that's a great mindset. I love that mindset. Um, it's, it's don't count the costs, count, you know, what, what is coming and, and the assets behind it. Um, and, and I can hear a lot of your story unfolding in, you yes. know, what you've created with with Teen Tutor Teens. Um, and, you know, I, in reading the bio, and I'll, I'll put all the information up for our listeners to, uh, to check it out, um, you have uh, a purpose of helping people who don't have those things that you've just mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. Unpack that a little bit. Tell us a little bit about yeah. how you're you're doing that and and what you're creating there. One of the initiatives of Teens Your Teens was I thought my um, high school had a lot of resources. There's a one to one laptop ratio. In fact, with the sponsorship they got with Lenovo, and so everyone was very well equipped. And I felt like I was in this bubble, you know, of just support and a lot of resources. And I'm peering out to the other school districts, and there's the schools that are low income, 60 to 70% are on free, reduced lunch. 
And I'm just saying, wow, we have this. Why don't they have this? And they're only a difference of maybe 10 miles away from me, right? And so that is essentially what I wanted to fix in a sense. And through Teens Your Teens, I used to be a tutor. So I'm not just leveled up on CU, but I did it all. I did the tutoring. I did the community outreach. I've done what the secretaries have done, organized website development. So I, I mean, obviously, I love to sit high and pretty up here, but I would have to do everything. And with the tutoring, I've talked to kids who said, I'm the first kid to go to college in my family. I'm going to do this type of technical schooling to get here where I need to get. And that was their goal. And um, I'm learning from that is that, you know, some people just want to be the first to just get to this. This is where they need to get, you know, they don't need to, you know, go to graduate school. They don't need to do this, but it's meeting them on where their life achievement is. And what type of educational attributes can we take from teens to put it into them to make them get there? And some of the things I've done personally is I'm not even just tutoring the students, but I've actually mentored the tutors. I've told them about college. I've talked to them about the money process of college because that's something that you know, when an 18 year old kid is thinking, where should I go for college, you know, and they're signing that contract, some people don't know how much it takes to make back um, 50, 60, $70,000 a year, you know, and mistakes, mistakes going by can lead to, you know, financial consequences later. So I do a lot of that mentorship. I tell them about the sponsorships and stuff like that. I'm very transparent. You know, I say, if anyone wants to ask a question, you know, people have even asked questions about where's the money going? Where's the dues? I tell them it's, it's 0% overhead. No one actually in this organization is ever getting paid. All the money goes right back into this, this, this for the grants inside internally. And we keep it transparent like that so kids can understand the business aspect. They understand what they're doing the impact they're making towards tutoring. The students are getting a good education from it. And so that's how I like to lead it with that. What, what are some of the, the greatest yeah. stories that, that you've oh, done here? Uh, you know. That is a great question. That's what I'm known for. I tell all my tutors when you have workshops, financial business stories that have happened in my life. There was a quick story, actually. I'll tell you what I told at the two workshops ago. It was about never setting a contract until Gabby reads it. That was, the, that was the topic of the thing. And I told them I was in seventh grade. My father um, was taking me to this workshop. My sister was in high school. You know, you know, those college workshops do this. We'll get you a scholarship. We can help you for these program, right? I'm sitting here with my DS, you know, and my dad's listening to the lady and my dad slides me the contract because he knows I'll read the contracts. You know, I'm seventh grade. So I mean, my dad worked the same. I'm reading the contract. He's talking to the lady. My mom's saying hi to everyone. My sister is just there. Right. I'm reading the contract and I'm just like, whoa, fees. This, this seems a little bit odd. The lady swipes the contract away from me, puts it right back to my dad. And I told my dad, don't sign the contract. It seems weird, you know, in front of the lady. Right. I didn't get to finish reading the contract. We go home. It turns out that organization has about nearly 100 complaints on the Better Business Bureau. And it's also known for causing people to be in endless lifetime payments. It was basically a timeshare, but for college, right? And so my dad told me from that day when we saw it, he's like, I'm going to have you read every contract I have, you know? And they, my family generally sends me contracts now to read before they just sign stuff. You become so a contract lawyer. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So that's a story, but I just tell stories like that to mm -hmm. let teens know this is real life. This is serious. Yeah. 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 That's, I think it's, it's one of the most amazing things because college is a huge investment and yes. also understanding, you know, 
with with youth and people who are first gen, they, they don't understand a lot of these. Even myself, I didn't really understand and I was not the first gen. Um, and it's changed over 20 years, but um, the financial pieces of that. So, and you're adding into a lot of this is, is um, some work uh, with companies, some uh, yes. entrepreneurial kind of endeavors, some, uh, you know, volunteer work and, and those types of things. Tell us, unpack that a little bit. What does that yeah. look like in the, in the organization? So some of the things we are working on towards is getting these things called co-ops. And one of our chapters have perfectly established that. And I let the kids take the reins on calling organizations, working with them on getting partnerships and stuff like that, saying you supply us students, we'll supply you tutors. In Georgia, they have a co-op now with Christian City. And they basically work with this homeless youth shelter-ish. And they like give them tutoring and they're building a summer program with them. And they did it all by themselves. I just told them what I did to get my co-op back in 2018. And they are now applying the same method in their own chapters. Um, and some of the things we've done is to help fuel and, and improve our tutoring. I've been able to contact organizations. Like it's literally just been, I'm telling you, it's literally me looking at the website, finding the contact email, writing the best narrative I can explain myself with. And it helped us get a sponsorship with Track It Forward which is how we do all of our all volunteer hour tracking, helped us get a sponsorship with Wacom, helped supply some good tablets. They gave me a nice tablet <laughs> to do some things with. Um, it helped us with getting a grant from Walmart. It helped us at least maintain our governance in global giving so we can use their resources after making it to the accelerator program to make the child, the child bylaws, the policies and et cetera. I took some stuff from them. Um, and you have to, I tell, I tell my chapters every time, you have to build efficacy. You have to do the work for them to want to help you with the supplies, to get more supplies. It's a positive feedback, you know? And that's basically what we've been doing. We do work, we go out, get some help, we do more work and we do better work. And that's how it works. I, I like the fact that you're connecting, you know, businesses and reality with school. That's so important these days. Um, I think uh, a lot of our students um, sometimes just think they're two separate things. And, mm. and what I hear you saying is there's a, a great interwovenness of, of experiences and learning, um, you know, in the classroom and outside of the classroom. Yes. Um, with that being said, in, in going forward, um, where, where do you hope education yeah. goes? Like, what does it look like to you? What is the what is Gabby's like big dream on education? Yeah, so this is also a question I've always pondered as well. And it's also because I feel like we are in a time where education is changing and it's getting faster and more advanced. Um, I have a little sister, she's six, but I saw them learning a little bit of algebra and I was confused. The educational method that adults and people who have been in the system you know, longer than we've been alive have already in place that's changing, but they're teaching on a method that works for them and what they learned. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but it's also like we also know that teens and also people who have gone through the educational system knows what works for them, figured out pathways that we are not visible to in some type of community or some type of organization or some types of programs they found within their community. And they can give that and share that knowledge with other teens. And it's that type of visibility that adults may not see and younger kids 
may not be able to know about later on or people who are at a disadvantage in terms of social, economically, you know, et cetera, whatever the case is hindering you from getting a good education. And that's where I wanna see education go. I wanna see schools rely more on students to navigate a lot of the education, listen to their input, um, you know, surveys, of course, can do some things because that's at least what my high school had, but you want active voices, you want, you want analysis, you want proof, you want to start some a little bit of initiatives, you have to change stuff, you have to disrupt education, right, to have that effect. So I want to see, you know, some small programs in schools where kids are leading it, you know, giving them the free range, because these kids can do a lot. I've just proven that you let a kid have a phone. And you tell them, call some of these businesses and research it all by yourself and let me know what happens. They'll do it and they'll do it maybe even better than I could have. And that's what I feel like should happen. A hundred percent getting. And we just had this conversation. I was on um, Rahim uh, Fatima's uh, overall. We were on a network yesterday and there were two youngsters on there. Um, when I say youngster, a 13 and a 15 year old. And you get out of their way. It's amazing. Like yeah. you, you give them the mentorship. So I hear that even with what you're doing, you, a little bit of mentorship and a little bit of positivity and, hey, we're going to support you. But here's the outcome. Go do it. And, and yes. if you mess it up, we'll learn from it and we keep going forward. Keep but going. yeah, exactly. but the, I, that's that's the way I learn as well. Disrupting education is like listening to youth. There's different <laughs> generations, which Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I wanted to uh, give a little bit of a moment to say, okay, so you have like maybe a 13, uh, 14, 15 year old who is yeah. struggling in in the traditional sense of school. Um, what do you tell them and, and, and how can you help? You know, at first I would duck into my website, but <laughs> let's say, you know, they don't know what teens for teens are. Let's say teens for teens didn't exist. I'm just going to put myself out of the equation here. I would tell them if there's no mentor within their community, seek some out in schools. I feel like teachers, especially how I was able to navigate, there's just takes that one teacher or one guidance, one person who's seen the world maybe a little bit different, you know, has gone to college, you know, had an education, has different mentors. Take that one teacher, find one teacher who can show you some type of concern, passion, who wants you to succeed in the classroom and ask them, what did you do? Hear their life story, hear what resources they used, know how they navigated the educational world. And I would cling on that and go back and see them and update them. And that is the type of support you need. I feel like support is the foundation first and foremost. And I believe if you have support, you actually will be more inclined to want to do well in the field you're working in. And so that's what I would say, if anything, at the minimum, because for me, it was my college counselor, Mr. Wheeland, if you're if you're listening, Mr. Wheeland, you are so helpful for me. But if you are find anyone, just one person to listen to that adult, that'll be very helpful. That'll be making a difference. And I'll be I'll let you know as an as an educator, as a teacher, um, which I, I kind of consider myself a coach, mentor, support system. I love that because I get to learn from the student as well. Um, and there's so much to learn. Uh, your generation is doing some amazing things and and you are a great example of disrupting education. I wanted to round out here um, and give you an opportunity to tell people how they can contact you, how they yeah. can, uh, where, where can they find uh, you and your organization, um, maybe possibly help out uh, with some donations yeah. or even they may need the services because uh, from what I hear, I believe it's pretty much free, right? It is 100% awesome. free. Um, 
There's even a lady, I, she calls you, are you sure you don't want any money, ma'am? If you want to donate, that's fine. But we want to promise you it's free. And the good thing about it is we're kids. So you can find us on Instagram, Teens for Teens, type it up. We have Teens for Teens, but we also have all the state chapters as well with their own Instagram handles. So you can directly message them and they'll get back to you. Um, if you're not into social media, you can, of course, go on our website, www.teenstutorteens.com. Um, we also have a Google Voice number there. If you want to call us as well, that is fine. Um, and if you want to make donations, that can also happen on our website on donation ex sponsors um, through PayPal nonprofit. So that's another great thing we have set up there. And if you want to enroll, you know, be a tutor, see both sides of this coin. I recommend you even start a chapter if there's not one in your state or if there is one, join into a chapter. We have a great structure and set for you and you'll be welcomed and I'll be the first one to say hello. So wonderful, wonderful. Gabby, I want to thank you so much for sharing your journey, um, sharing what you're doing and how you're disrupting education is amazing. Um, and just appreciate you. And I can't wait to see the more things, you know, uh, as you come through your college experience and, and go into yeah. even creating bigger things, um, which I got to throw out a little hint here. I had asked that question. What is the next thing? What did you wow. have? <laughs> <laughs> the next thing, I, I keep talking about retirement in my organization. Everybody starts getting scared. You know? um, I do. I do think I have to move on soon, but not now. Um, I do want to keep focusing on teens or teens. We're starting C-sharp internships to let kid teens who are tutors move up with me, work with me for about a period of three or four months doing what I do. Um, we want to secure more co-ops. Um, for me specifically, um, it's preferably medical school or business school or both. I want <laughs> it's a combination of those two. And I want this company to go in great hands. And so I'll be actively looking at least for the next CEO, but that's not going to be for another three years. Got it. So. Got it. Yeah. If there's anybody you can do med and business, it's, it's you. I'm just going to guess. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today on Disrupt Education, Gabby. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Thank you, listeners. We'll catch you next time on Disrupt Education.